You're listening to NCG Top 100s, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the NCG Top 100s podcast. In each episode we take you into a virtual clubhouse to get the inside stories about the courses that feature in the ranking lists you can view on our website at nationalclubgolfer.com. I'm joined, as always, by the man who is ultimately responsible for putting these lists together, NCG Top 100s Chairman Dan Murphy. Welcome, Dan. Hello, Steve. Great to be here again. As regular listeners will know, this year we are reinvigorating our list of England's best courses and talking to those clubs both riding high in those lists and looking to get involved. Today we are off to the heart of Yorkshire and the steel city of Sheffield with the Peak District all around and tree-lined fairways packed tightly around hilly terrain. This course has been a training ground for golfing excellence. Solheim Cup captain Alison Nicholas is a member and it is the base from where Matthew Fitzpatrick launched his successful assault on the amateur and professional game. His brother Alex, along with Walker Cup colleague Barclay Brown, are continuing the traditions and ensuring Hallamshire continues to hog the spotlight. We are delighted to be joined today by the club's general manager, James Glover. Welcome, James. Hi, Steve. Hi, Dan. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. So before we get on to the course, just tell us a little bit about you, James, and how you came to Hallamshire. Yeah, I'm um, I'm from not far away from Hallamshire, actually. I grew up in, in Rotherham, uh, Rotherham Golf Club. I played my golf there. So that's obviously another uh, breeding ground for some uh, some successful players. Um, I wasn't one of those. Um, <laughs> I, I could play a little bit, but not, not as well as some of the guys that came out of there. Um, I did my PGA training with Simon Thornhill at Rotherham Golf Club and then decided that, uh, you know, playing wasn't how I was going to make my living, but I wanted to go and, and be the best I could within within the game. And, and I went to take a seasonal position at Royal Port Rush Golf Club with Gary McNeil um, in 2008, which was great fun and put me on a, a path really to, to working at high-end venues. And, and from there, I was lucky to get a position as an assistant professional with Mark Roberts down at Queenwood Golf Club in Surrey, where I started in 2009 and worked there until 2017. And then for, for family reasons, I wanted to change my work-life balance a little bit and looked about going down the management route. And as luck would have it, just as I was looking down that route, the, the job at Hallamshire came up and I was I was fortunate enough to uh, to be considered for that and, and came here starting beginning of January 2018. And I've been here for three and a half years now. Incredible pedigree there, James. I mean, that role port work, <laughs> Queenwood and, and now Hallamshire. You must um, you must thank your lucky stars. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey, um, and that was what the the idea was. I figured if I, I tried to put myself at the the high high end venues, the best place I could be, working with some really good people, some good professionals, I'd, I'd pick up a lot along the way, and that's certainly been the case. And it's been an an interesting journey. I've met a lot of great people, been to a lot of fantastic places, and, and learned a lot. So. 
Um, I'm hoping it continues going forward. Who knows where it'll go? So let's um, start talking about the uh, about the golf course itself, James. And I guess the the place to start is just um, uh, just a bit of housekeeping on architecture. So it can be difficult, of course, with um, clubs like Hallamshire that are um, 100 years old and more. Um, should, uh, is it right to think of Hallamshire as a Harry Colt golf course? Well, there's certainly some influence there, Dan. Um, but we've been doing a little bit of work on that recently. We're we're looking at perhaps doing some work on the golf course in the in the coming years, which we'll get to later in the pod, I'm sure. But part of that, we've we've uncovered a few things, and and whilst there is some cult influence, we've we've uncovered a a, a fair bit of Alistair McKenzie in there as well, a bit of Herbert yeah. Fowler. And then Colt came into the mix at Hallamshire a little bit down the line, more towards the end of his design career, in, in all honesty. Hallamshire was formed in 1897. And we've got evidence of Mackenzie having a couple of periods of involvement in the in the 1914 sort of area, that kind of ballpark. Uh, Herbert Fowler a bit after that. And then Colt came afterwards towards the end and and in all honesty, a lot of his um, work at the time was done by his point man on site, who was uh, John Morrison. Um, so Colt's influence is there, and there's some paperwork with it. But there's a, a real eclectic bunch of, of top architects, which is, you know, it's quite a quite a nice pedigree to have, I suppose, really. Yeah, just just a bit. And the, so we've got a course that's been shaped by several of the greatest hands, um, and the, the the character of the course, I think, is also um, difficult to pin down so can you just explain in your own words um to uh, to listeners who perhaps haven't been to Hallamshire or perhaps haven't been for a while just just describe the um the location and the uh, and the type of golf course um that, that that you think it is yes i mean the location as as steve alluded to in his his intro there it's on the edge of the peak district we're, we're right on the edge of the peak district we're only two and a half miles from the center of sheffield so it's a it's a pretty interesting location mm. uh, we're a thousand feet altitude and we're on sat on a north facing bank so it's pretty exposed to the elements um, so it can get a, a little bit windy up here and it's probably best described as a heathland slash moorland venue really it doesn't really fall solely into either category and um Heathland would probably be where we'd like it to be more, if you like. Um, but over the years, as you can imagine, we Steve alluded to tree line fairways, and there are a few of those. But a lot of that is kind of self-set, and that's one of the things we're looking at going forward in the development of the of the club and the golf course, um, and and how we take it forward and perhaps get more to that Heathland look. That's where we'd want to be. But that that would be the the key thing. Heathland with a bit of moorland in there would be the the best description I would come up with for it. And without wishing to make assumptions, which is always um, a dangerous thing to do, uh, my guess is that if I were to look through some um, old pictures of Hallamshire, I'm guessing that 100 years ago, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there probably weren't very many trees at all. I'd imagine it was uh, it was quite an open site. Is that is that right? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of to the point that I was I was alluding to there. We, we've got some some old pictures, and that's what we want to really look at. We don't want to take it back 125 years and you know right back to where it was because if it was right at the start a lot of the pictures it was on farmland so there's a lot of uh, mm. dry stone walls uh, 
going across the golf course. We, we've still got a dry stone wall which surrounds the perimeter of the golf course, which is really a, a nice feature mm-hmm. and is, something yeah. we want to embrace. But if you go right back to the, the beginning, a lot of those dry stone walls actually went across perpendicular to the golf course and people were hitting across them, maybe a little bit like North Berwick. So maybe a couple of features would have been quite nice, but uh, but we don't want to go all, all the way back to that. But certainly, um, as I said, a lot of the trees are, are self-sets and, and part of the, the kind of trend perhaps in, in the 1970s for, for planting trees took hold a little bit and and perhaps we want to redress the balance and get back to that kind of more open heathland going forward okay and then the, the other thing to talk about just on on character of the course because it, it is a, a richly characterful course is that is the very unusual and dramatic topography um you don't you don't get many flat holes do you at hallamshire not really no we've we we're very much a, a course of two halves um where the the first four holes and the last five are pretty flat generally except for the on the 17th we've got a, a huge quarry face which is a really nice feature and and a lot of the visitors to the club really like that you know and that's a, a good takeaway for them but then the middle section of the golf course is is really marked by sort of drastic elevation changes right from the the sixth which is a par three which plays very sharply downhill you keep going downhill on the seventh then back up on eight and down on 10 and back up on 11 so it's yeah you really get some some dramatic changes in topography which which are are key features of the golf course and and make it very interesting i think oh yeah i mean without a doubt and uh, um so i think off the back tees you're you're up somewhere near i think it's just under six six um to a a par of 71 and i I guess the thing that strikes all visitors i mean it can't not strike visitors it's that opening stretch is absolutely fearsome, isn't it? And I, I think I'm right in saying in the prevailing wind, it's, it, that ain't helping you. No, it, it is. And and I think that, that kind of goes a little bit to um, to the design pedigree as well, or design heritage, more to, more to the point. You know, if, if you look at our first hole, it doesn't really fit in with, with Colt's thing of a, of a gentle start. So... Um, we're 467 yards straight into the wind, followed by a 196-yard par three, which plays pretty much into the wind. So that first four holes are, are going right out into that prevailing wind. It's a really, really difficult start. And then really the way that most people play the golf course is that you you kind of hang on going out and then try and make a score coming back where you've got a couple of reachable par fives that play downwind. But going back to your, your point about visitors, it, it's, it's interesting because obviously a lot of visitors will play the course off the yellow tees uh, where it's par 69 it's arguably a much tougher course off the yellow tees because two of those par fives on the back that come in suddenly become very long par fours so it's it's a very it's a very tough 69 off the off the yellow tees more more so than than the, the 71 off the whites uh, I, I don't know what type of course you personally prefer but can you just describe what it was like having spent that time at Queenwood uh, coming to Hallamshire because when you look at the types of golf courses I'm not saying they haven't got anything in common but they're they are so so different aren't they in terms of the, the type of golf courses they are yeah very much so I mean obviously I, as I said I went to Queenwood from Port Rush so I remember <laughs> when I when I first went to Queenwood um it was a it was a bit of a shock because Queenwood's a, a, a funny kind of juxtaposition of a golf course in that it's in, right in prime Heathland territory in, in Surrey in that sandbell there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 
you've got a big almost american style design in many ways with the size of the greens and and the the rolling sort of terrain on the greens and and, and complexes that you've got there whilst keeping the heathland nature of heather on bunker faces and everything so it's, a, it's an interesting mix and I, like i say i went there from from port rush where obviously you you play golf at port rush and your ball flight flattens out markedly and then suddenly you're going to greenwood and you all of a sudden you can't get the ball coming in coming in from high enough and, and you've mm. got to change your game again and mm. then Hallamshire Hallamshire probably goes a bit more like to Port Rush with the with mm. the wind uh, certainly not the it's not a Lynx golf course uh, but but certainly the conditions that you play in you you've got to control your ball flight a little bit so it I've kind of chopped and changed around and had to change my own game when I do on the rare occasions I do get out there but uh but it's interesting. I, I like the different types of golf course. I mean, I love golf courses myself and playing different ones, you know, Lynx, Heathland, any any type, really. Um, and, and seeing those those differences is really something that interests me. And this is why we're really trying to, to drive along the development of Hallamshire as a golf course, you know, make it the best it can be. Um, I don't think we'll quite get to to Queenwood levels of Heathland and Heather all over the place, but, uh, but there might be a, a little bit of influence in there but from other courses as well i'm sure so steve and i have both had the pleasure of visiting in um, in recent months um and, and brilliant to be back at um but hallamshire that was a few years actually since i was last there and uh, I, I don't want to sound cliched but i when, when i was going around um, this year I, I was i was thinking about matt fitzpatrick and thinking can i see the way he plays golf now was it shaped by hallamshire and, and i think that his you know his low ball fly his um his, his I, mean, I, was, I only saw him hit a couple of t-shirts last week down at the open watching him flight it very low and i was thinking you probably learned some of that at hallamshire because you you do have to control your flight and you also to get to to score really well kind of need to be able to shape it into the hill sometimes and to be able to you know to, to cope with with, with side bounces you, you, you've got to have the imagination because the ball can move a lot on the ground on on some of those slopes you've got holes where it's it's two woods to get up, and you've got others where the ball will release. Um, is it, do, can you see what I'm getting after? And, the, and then, then the other thing, of course, is, is a crafty short game because at, at Hallamshire you very very rarely got much green to work. You tend to have these shots where you you're having to to get the ball to go up to land on a little flat bit and maybe not very much green. You know, are these some of the skills that you think you need to to, to go well at Hallamshire? Oh, you're 100 percent right with the skills that you need, and and I, I don't think we um, or or the club could claim uh, claim sole kind of credit for for Matt's development. I think he's got he's been shaped by a lot of things, but but certainly the traits that you uh, you allude to are very much there at Hallamshire. You know, in terms of the in terms of the ball flight and and very small greens as well. Uh, very small greens, sort of raised up. So see, you're absolutely right. You've got to have a, a sharp short game. Like I said, that flat ball flight. And I alluded earlier to be to growing up at Rotherham Golf Club, and Rotherham's the same tiny greens. Mm. You see the players that have come out there, like Danny Willett and you know uh, Ben Schmidt, who played in the Walker Cup. You know, I think that's a, a feature of courses around here um, in this area. To be honest with you, small small raised greens mean that your your short game has to develop. Like I say, we we're a little bit higher up, and and the the ball flight influence comes into it, which which maybe alludes to what what Matt does a little bit. And and one of the things that I think perhaps helps with with Hallamshire's development of play is actually one of the, the things that many people would think is a weakness of the club which is our sort of limited practice facilities 
we've we've not got a huge um, double-ended driving range where people can stand and hit balls all day. So people have to get out on the golf course and learn to play. And and I think that could be a, a contributing factor as well. But like I say, obviously, the, these guys quickly go off playing tournaments all over the country and all over the world. So there's, there's plenty of other factors as well. Mm. So... Um, Grand plans um, are afoot um, to uh, to work on the course. Um, I know that a decision has not yet been um, announced, so I, I, I don't worry, I'm not going to try and push you on that. Uh, I just wondered if you could explain um, what it was that led the club to to thinking that um, there was that, that, that they'd like to get some work done, and you know what 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 they discovered. Uh, you know, was it one was it one person who's driving this who'd maybe thought you know that the, the I don't know that something had been lost, or that, that you know that something could be brought back. You know what 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 what's driven it? I think uh, I mean I, I don't want to claim sole credit for it, but but I kind of had the initial initial idea. Oh, spoke to a few people, yeah, yeah. Uh, I spoke to a few people about what I thought, and it, it's amazing how many people have the have the same mindset. When you talk to the the ones that are really interested in the golf side of of things within the membership and the course itself, and what we what we wanted to to get into and we we're at an interesting time at the minute we've just had a new course manager take over literally in the last couple of months um so it's a it's a change in ter- in that term as well but then really planning what we're going to do going forward about the development and how we're going to push Hallamshire to be to be recognized more on the uh the sort of wider golfing scene if mm. you like things like this discussion and, and top 100s and things like that mm. and where where I felt we we could perhaps improve and what we we thought or what I thought and what what kind of people bought into was like many golf clubs you have a, a design heritage and, and and we've got a really good one as I alluded to earlier on just a bit yeah. Well, the, the the cult thing was even at the end of his career was you know 1930s now you know we're nearly 100 years from that now and and since then a couple of people have had a a bit of input but you obviously have this thing like a lot of golf clubs do where various greens committees go with little projects and you, you perhaps meander along going down different paths here and there and and you end up with a a course that's not really got a, a focused identity a true identity across all 18 holes you might you know we've got one hole for example where the bunkers don't really concur with what goes on on the rest of the golf course and not to say they look bad but the, it's just not it's not joined up and, yeah. and basically what i what i said was that we don't want to be from my position as part of a greens committee i said surely we don't want to be that greens committee that tries to put our mark on something and and we start a project and we've got three or four years and then the people change and then the focus change and then we shift so what we really want to do is is draw up a plan that's going to develop the golf course over the next eight ten twelve fifteen years there really doesn't need to be a um an end on it other than that it needs to be a, a coherent plan that, that flows through and does we don't deviate from so that we, we're always pushing down the same route and we don't end up with three holes that look different to the rest of the golf course. So so what we want to do was was to really sit down and define what we felt Hallamshire should be. And that's where we've we brought a, a number of architects in to discuss this with us and, and put forward their their ideas along with what we thought. And and what we will do is we will 
look to commit to to one one company, one architect, one group of architects, whatever we go with, uh, to to work with us on that plan and to deliver it over a period of time to get the the course in one direction, so that it's not it's not little bits of influence here, there, and everywhere. So it's uh, all joined up thinking, really. So it's quite an exciting idea, I think, I and mean, it's not unique by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that we we need to do that, and we need to put something into our structure which says that you know the future greens committees because you know as the nature of golf clubs committees change people change i might not be here in five years time who knows but you need to have people that commit to to the direction and you don't just move with the the wind so to speak now we can be quite dismissive in um, in this country of, um, of of our history, as in we're just surrounded by it. And I'm not sure we ever we always pay that much attention to it. Do you, do you think that the uh, the people at the at the, at the Hampshire, the members, fully understand what it is that they're sitting on? You know, in, in, you know, we we talked about its heritage. Do, do, they, do you think they understand? Um, I guess how good it could be. Well, that that's an interesting point, Dan. I, I think. Possibly not. Some of them maybe do. Some of them that have been in the inside loop of this this little project that we're working on at the minute probably do now more so. And and what we've we've got to do is when we pull this together and, and the first step will be a, a, a full presentation to the members, obviously. But I think when when you talk about that level of design heritage that we've perhaps got, I'm not sure that everybody does really understand what we're we're sitting on, to be honest with you. Um and, and I think it's something that we we perhaps should shout from the rooftops a little bit more. Um, it's a really it's a really strong thing, and and I think that I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't uh, all sorts of golf courses don't acknowledge what what they've got. I mean, we've got a, you know one of the early Mackenzie courses just down the road, and you know the, there's so much there to be embraced and to to go with. I mean, we're so lucky in the UK with that, and and I think probably more needs to be made of it. Definitely. But I think also, you know, I think the the emergence of, of some of the, the architectural, golf architectural companies now that, that understand the work of those architects, that's a strong thing, too, because they can they can sort of bring that back into into the consciousness of people where it's probably meandered a little bit over over maybe 30, 40 years, you know, through the the periods of of you know some of the sort of tour player name designs and and american designs and things and and maybe that that kind of look was was lost a little bit but i do feel from what i see that that's coming back we've got people that are, are really engaged in in sort of bringing to to the awareness of of golfers golf club members you know what great design heritage we've got in so many courses in the uk you know and how much is included in that and a final question from me, and again, I'm just thinking that the, the, the Hallamshire is, is obviously very, very well known um, locally, perhaps not so much nationally. So if, the, um, if this is, um, has piqued some listeners' interest, as I'm sure it has, so if, if there were a group of golfers thinking, yeah, I quite fancy going to see that, uh, let's say, you know, from the southeast, um, can you just describe how, what would you advise them to do to put a trip together? Like, where should they go if they were going to come to, uh, to, to, to Hallamshire? Where else should they play within the area? What would make a great trip in, in your eyes for three or four days golf yeah well i mean we're actually whilst we've we've not got we've not got anybody in absolute real close proximity like a say a moor town and all woodley and leeds that are literally two minutes apart from each other we're mm. actually in, 
quite a nice area um, within Sheffield itself. You've got you've got Rotherham, which is a lovely parkland golf course, which is uh, a, a Sandy Heard design. You've got Abbeydale, which is a Herbert Fowler course. But in actual fact, if you if you cast the net a little bit wider, um, we're only 25 minutes from Lindrick, which is obviously a, a Ryder Cup venue. Um, on the way up to us, if you're coming from the south, 45 minutes south, you've got great courses in Hollingwell, Sherwood Forest and Coxmoor. And then you've got the Leeds mm-hmm. courses, as I mentioned, all Woodley and Moortown as well. And and all of those are within, um, like I say, 45 minutes to an hour of us. So you can you can certainly find somewhere appropriate to stay and be within striking distance of so many great golf courses and, and make a really good trip of it. And I think that's something that perhaps, uh, perhaps people ought to be more aware of to be honest with you you know there's there's a lot of great golf trips in the uk and i think there's there's potential in this area to to be one of those i mean you listed some great courses there before i hand over to steve can i can i can i just uh, very gently chide you for one omission which is your fellow peak district course cavendish uh, which we're very fond of as um, as a mckenzie course i, I don't know how long it would take you to get to uh, to buxton um from from where you are but it's certainly doable yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'll apologise to Cavendish for that. And, and the reason I didn't the reason I didn't mention it is because I've never played it. <laughs> Literally around the corner, and that, that's why it didn't really come into my mind there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I've I've heard great things now. I do need to get myself down there and play it, but it's it's very close in proximity. So as a as a trip, yeah, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, maybe I ought to do one do one there myself. <laughs> Well, uh, from the frying pan into the fire now, uh, James, um, and golf's greatest quiz, like who wants to be a millionaire but without ask the audience or the money, in fact. Um, we ask all of our uh, podcast guests to tell us what their top three golf courses in England are, um, because obviously we're doing top 100 in England uh, this year at nationalclubgolfer.com. So, do you have a trio of English courses that if I said you can go and play anywhere in the country, James, you, you would go yeah. to? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I do actually. I, everybody does, don't they? And you could you could sit there and, 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 and reel a lot off. But for me, I think number one, I think you'd be you'd be hard pushed to to beat Sunningdale. The old the old for me, I mean the a lot of people say the new is a better golf course. It's probably a stronger test and and it's probably in my top five. But for me, the old is just such an unbelievable experience. And, and I know the senior British Opens there this week is starting today as we, we record this. So, um, you know, I think people, anybody seeing that will will quickly understand why, why I'd put that in my list. I think it's just a, it's a fantastic golf course, an unbelievable experience and, and, and very hard to beat, to be honest. Uh, number two, for me, would be Royal Birkdale, which which took me far too long to go and play, and um, I played it for the first time last year, and and I was just I thought it was one of the best challenges ever, just as a as a links golf course, a pure links golf course, but the the design, the strategy, I thought it was just amazing. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and. Um, Number three for me on a personal level is is the East Coast at Saunton, which I, I you know I just has good memories. I played a, a British boys there a long time ago now, too too long ago, um, and and I just remember having such a, a fantastic experience. I like Lynx Golf Course, and that's as as pure Lynx as it gets really, um, and just amazing. But I think you know that'd be hard to beat. It's just a 
a little way out if it was if it was located a little bit more um more practically i think it'd be hard pushed to see why you wouldn't have an open championship round there i think it's a fantastic golf course and and i know you asked me for three but i think obviously the, the hotchkin and woodall spa is uh, is another one as well if i can just throw that into the mix that probably just misses out it's more the the personal uh, memories of saunton that pushes saunton into the top three over over woodall spa to be honest you've gone classic I like it. I, I like it. I mean, they are four courses that really should be on anyone's list. Uh, you know, and play certainly um, before they shuffle off this coil. Anyway, you should definitely go and see those four. Dan, thanks as always for joining us. My pleasure. And James, all the best with Hallamshire, not just for the rest of this year, but for the coming years. There are some exciting plans, obviously, afoot at the club, and we're just down the road and we'll be excited to, to see them unfold. So thanks for joining us. Well. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here. Thanks, James. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. And you can view all of our ranking lists by clicking onto our website, nationalclubgolfer.com, and heading over to the NCG Top 100s banner.